I'm just an individual, living a miracle, standing divisible, connected to God and my physical essence of my spiritual presence is visible, totally leaving you unaware of my mental subliminal. Used to be a criminal, living so minimal, but things have changed in my life is going through different intervals. Finding that balance is significantly difficult. Timing is everything, so my timing is critical. Rhyming is literal, the unforgettable. It's why I stand before you impeccably so presentable. I give respect to you, know that I am respectable. I've always wanted acceptance. Is that acceptable? I am the rival expected to be exceptional And I'm a grown man, handle business like a professional I am incredible, Leo conventional And you stopping me from chasing my dreams is This is NC Raw Recovery Always Check, Yo, check. welcome to NC Raw. My name is Steve. I'm the a person Steve. in long-term recovery. Kicking it with my homie Caleb and Richie. Wah! What's up, What's y'all? What's up, y'all? What's up? So, Caleb, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of how this whole thing happened, what we're doing here. What's the show about? Uh, my name is Caleb McCoy, and I'm a person in long-term recovery from uh, from meth and opiates. Uh, I've got a little over 10 months of, re- um, of recovery in. Um Beautiful. Uh, I'll try to. Clap it out, baby. Ten months. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I'm in in the presence of recovery royalty. Oh my gosh! Yes. Somebody, somebody (laughs) said a a recovery icon the other night. My cousin called me that a recovery icon. I kind of like that. You kind of like it? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Yeah. feels real good. Nice. Um, anybody that knows me, knows my story. I'm not going to sit here and talk about all the bad, but I just want to, you know, just give a couple. Couple little points or bullet points. I I overdosed uh, six times. Three of those times I had to be brought back with uh, Narcan kits. I wasn't breathing, and uh, you know, it's, uh, here I am, and I, I just go as hard at recovery as I did, you know, doing doing the bad things. And I I think that for me, that's what it takes for me to, you know, to thrive and not just survive, right, Richie? Come to on, thrive baby. That's in, what I'm in my recovery. About. And to to be that role model for my nieces and nephews, to be that role model for my son. And, uh, you know, here I am, by the grace of God, like I was saying, and, you know, I'm glad to be here. Plan on staying here. I'm glad you're here, bro. Appreciate that. Yeah. The Recovery Ninja. <laughs> Richie. I got some skills, bro. What's going on? Okay, these are not the skills that pay the bill. <laughs> but what's going on? Yeah. Uh, Tell us about right yourself. Now? Tell our listeners. Somebody, say somebody stumbles okay. <laughs> across this Recovery Raw show. Yeah, yeah. And they don't know the Richie story. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Give it to us in a couple minutes. Tell us what yeah. what. Tell us about yourself. What are we doing here? A couple of minutes. Yeah, Man, that's a, that was my first question. How much time do I got? <laughs> okay, since I only got a couple of minutes, this is what I want to say. Remember, we got tons of episodes coming. Tons of episodes. So we don't so, want to so spill all the beans on the, the first beans. show. Yeah, I think it's important to have sort of a way to introduce yourself that brings that message out positive. And so, what I'm going to say is, my name is Richie Tannerhill, and I'm a person in long-term recovery. And what that means for me is by the grace of God, I no longer have to use drugs or alcohol to change the way I think or feel. I no longer have to be held hostage by this, this place, this, this mind, this brain. Today, it means that I have purpose, stability. Bro, I get to do wonderful things like be a husband and a father and a youth pastor and a hardcore devil-stopping ninja. <laughs> Today, 
because of recovery that has done more than change my life, it's actually given me a life, I get to walk alongside people like Caleb and yourself and Courtney. You know, and, and what it is, what, what it means to me is that today I understand that I can live in here, the heart, that place of love. Today it means that I understand what I see when I look in the mirror. And that allows me to have a deeper connection with God because by understanding my value, I understand God's value deeper. And when I can understand how, just how good God is, because you see, when, when we don't get ourselves, you know, we only get so close to a higher power if we have that in our life. But because of that connection with my God, see, I can see you, bro, and I know your value, okay? Without you even mentioning a word, recovery has allowed me to see that. Um, you know, today, my, my life has brought me through uh, things like homelessness, incarceration, uh, but, uh, but most of all, hopelessness. Today, I understand the true entitlements of life. You see, things that everybody has the right to, regardless of your background, regardless of where you're from, regardless of your belief system, you have the right to have hope. And let me tell you something, brother, it's one of the few things in life that's truly limitless. Limitless, you hear what I'm saying? Like, you can have as much as you want, it's, it's free. You can have hope, did y'all know that? And what I realized, when I can hold on to that hope for a time, that hope turns into the second entitlement, which is happiness. And because I've understood happiness and I had that in my life, it's like, whoa, where's this coming from? Never felt that before. I held on to that happiness for a time and it turned into the sort of the third ultimate true entitlement of life, which was joy, man, J-O-Y. And for me, that comes from my G-O-D. And the G-O-D makes me do the work, E, which is called recovery. And that's why I'm here today at <laughs> NC Raw, baby. R-A-W. Raw, R-A-W, which means North Carolina, recovery always. Like, it's always recovery time and recovery always because we believe in multiple pathways to recovery. I appreciate you being preach, here with us, preach. brother. I'm all, you want me to? Bro, I can break that down too now. <laughs> uh, didn't you hear me so, say Devil Stomping Ninja? I kind of want to touch on, you know, the the qualities that, that you see in yourself now. And um, I know for me, I've, like you were saying earlier, you, you learn to love. And and I, I was reading a, a book. I can't remember what it's called. The Mind is you can the read? Battle. I can. Very oh, well. Okay. The Mind is the Battlefield. <laughs> and uh, what... It was talking about love is an action. You know, love isn't something that we follow our hearts, which is our feelings. Love is something that we should do whether, you know, there's something in it for us or not. And that's where I'm at today. I, 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 and I know I fall short a lot. I, I try to uh, love everybody, try to show everybody love. And, um, you know, that, that kind of gets me through my days. You know, it gives, just it's giving that hope and love to everybody it helps, me, helps me stay grounded and helps me uh, stay in recovery. We want to give a shout out to our amazing executive producer. <laughs> executive producer, that's yeah, a title. You're an exec. You're like the C-O-O-L. Executive C -O -O -L. producer. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Acronyms, Andrew, you love them. Well, not really. In fact, it was one of my biggest challenges when I went to work in this field. Oh, wait a minute. He mentioned acronyms. I just got to tell this quick story. Acronyms. Acronyms, like acronyms. And I went to work and I was like, acronyms. I, was like, I couldn't understand what they were saying. It was all this 
MCO and LCW and ACS. And Welcome like, to the field, huh? Right. So I was like, I didn't want to be the guy that was like, what the heck are they talking about? So I said, what can I do besides saying, what are you talking about? So I went home and became Richie again. I invented some of my own. And so I, I come back to the next meeting and I was throwing these acronyms out. And they were like, Richie, what are you saying? I said, that's what I'm saying, bro. You just fired off like 10 of them yeah, in the last two the sentences. Yeah. COOL. Yeah. COOL. Well, what does that mean? Yeah, what does cool. that mean? Hello. Yeah. Okay. So because you are cool. Tell us who you are. All right. My name is Courtney. And the amazing Courtney? The amazing Courtney. Yeah. COO, executive producer. All right. So, <laughs> so I'm here as a producer on the show, but I'm also a recovery ally. What What's up? up? Thank you, Courtney, for all of your hard work. <laughs> You've really welcome. killed it. Thank you. Um, over the last couple of days planning this and then also putting it all together uh, this afternoon before we sat down. So I'm here, I'm here to help. Thank you, Courtney. Thanks for, thanks for uh, doing all that hard work. I really Give do. Give yourself a high five. Appreciate it. It's <laughs> a beautiful That's my thing. kind of people, bro. Absolutely. So, and um, you. my name is Steve. <laughs> that was my name is Steve, the stalker. The stalker. Steve's and I'm stalker. a person in long-term recovery. And what's that done for me is it's given me the ability to go back to school, to get an education, to to do this right here, to get behind the microphone. It's always been like a childhood dream of mine, and uh, that's kind of like where this whole podcast came from was uh i always had passion for radio i always had passion for dialogue and getting it into recovery i got back into school and i was i was enjoying it but i didn't really feel like it fit right like i didn't feel like i didn't feel like it was my calling you know even though i'm i'm in the program over at scc and studying substance abuse counseling um, I felt like I could do more with my voice mm. and that's kind of why I decided to put this show together so so you stopped. So he stopped. Well, semi stopped stalking and started talking. Stop stalking, started talking. <laughs> Steve so. is not a stalker. Just a disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just he's not a stalker. Yeah, we better get that out there. We're, oh yeah, and yeah. he's not a hitchhiker. <laughs> now I'm a runner. Oh, oh, you're a runner. Yeah. Who are you running from, bro? You got worse? not the police the no law. more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Are you running with the police now, though? No. I, I, no. I actually, you know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how. I can either confirm or deny your accusation, (laughs) sir. I I would tell you that although I am also a person in long-term recovery, I'm also a recovery ally, which to me, because you can be both, right? And, 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 uh, uh, okay, I'm not going to say that. I'll say that later, maybe. Um, I'm also a law enforcement ally. I, I am too. You know, I had I had a meeting with him the other day talking about getting. Oh, see, out. see what happens when one person speaks out. They, they, they suck the back right, of popcorn. Right, right. You they start me, jumping off. You gave me strength. I had a meeting with uh, the Cherokee, um, the and meeting one of the administrators from the Cherokee Jail, and we're trying to get a program started there about going in a peer support program. There you go, baby. Come on so, down. That's where we're at with that. So I'm also working a lot with law enforcement today. Um, yeah, it got really real for me because my phone rang one day, and I was like. Oh my God, it's the cops. They're calling me on my phone. But they didn't have no warrants or nothing. It's like they wanted to communicate with me about the same ideas that I had. Hey, a healthier community, a safer community. And like, I'm down with that, bro. I got kids. Uh, and so, I, and I'm especially, I want to say that I used to think that law enforcement was the devil, <laughs> along with DSS. Turns out um, they weren't. But the feeling was mutual because they thought I was the devil. We're neither one the devil, by the way. <laughs> okay, I'm coming back. But my point is, is that if I want law enforcement to support me and not and give me a second or third chance, whatever it takes to, to meet me where I'm at 
and do everything they can so that I don't have to stay where I'm at. Not, I don't mean just taking me to jail, but by saying, yo, hey, you know, hey, Richie, man, I know we got a job to do. And, and, and you got some things going on in your life, or maybe you got some uh, stuff in your pocket, and, and, and I know you got this addiction thing going on, but I'm here to support you. So let me connect you with some services or support. Mm -hmm. Listen, I can tell you that we have a huge, two huge recovery champions in Haywood County. One's our Sheriff Greg Christopher, and the other one is our Chief of Police, Bill Hollingshead. These guys, look, I got them on speed dial because I know they're there for me. We spend a lot of time running from them. Now I spend a lot of time running with them. They'll tell you they're still trying to keep up. Hell yeah. But now it's like, <laughs> yeah, go, right? there you they're go. still trying to keep up. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like before when they heard my name across the scanner, it's like, bring back up. He's not stopping. Right. You know? And it's still the thing. You better bring back up. He's not stopping. We got to catch him. But it's to be on the same page today. So a lot of times we'll be bashing things in the community that we're asking support for. And I kind of just tell you, the next time you see a law enforcement officer, give him a shout out. Say, what's up, bro? I appreciate your service. Because let me tell you something. I do. I understand that I want a safer community. I understand that I want my kids to grow up in a place where they're not scared of the uniform because there's nothing to be scared of there. And also, so our service members, if I could give two occupations a raise, it would be our service members via law enforcement, uh, our veterans. Shout out veterans. Hashtag veterans, bro. Thank you for your service. Thank you for making our entire country a safer Thank place. Thank you for your service. Amen. Yes, sir. And you know what else? The other profession is our teachers. <laughs> Law enforcement yeah. teachers they ain't getting paid nothing. So, you know, give them a break, bro. Love on them. When you're mad at them because they're not, you know, teaching your kid or doing what you think they should be doing, why don't you show up and say thank you for working a job that don't pay great, okay? But, 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 but taking care of my kid and giving them some of your knowledge, okay? Because let me tell you something. Our teachers, our law enforcement, our veterans, they're like Rodney Dangerfield, bro. They just don't get no respect. And so I'm giving you a shout-out today. Hashtag <laughs> law enforcement. Hashtag veterans. Hashtag teachers. Hashtag NC Raw, baby. All things recovery going down right here at Western Carolina University. And hashtag my peeps. Hashtag recovery allies. Hashtag NC Raw. NC Raw. <laughs> Which is North Carolina recovery always, right? North Carolina recovery yes. always. With this gift, so I'ma play the role. I can't dwell in my past or let it take its toll. I move out of the way, let God take control. I don't do this on my own, I'm honest and true. I give it all I got, this I promise to you. How dare I not chase my dreams and give this a try? I've let fear hold me back for most of my life. I won't listen to lies, it's that monster inside that wants me to stay the same, so I change with the times. I put time in my rhymes so it reaches the heart. I know you feel what I say, what I speak is an art i've been real from the start that will never change if i give you myself you'll remember my name i just want to be heard you can have the fame there's a message in my words you can learn to change it's the monster inside inside my mind is where the monster resides it wants me miserable living in lies only i choose if the monster survives yeah it's the monster inside inside my mind is where the monster resides it wants me miserable, living in lies. 
Only I choose if the monster survives. The deeper the lesson, the deeper the teaching. For the meaning I'm reaching, I mean I'm seeking the reason. Hoping to meet him, cause he knows that I need him. Especially when I'm depressed, alone in the evening. Searching my soul for the freedom and breaking these chains. Like the bondage of myself, like pain from life strains. We all need our seeds to change because seeds won't grow in the flowers without rain and will never appreciate pleasure without pain so treasure every experience throughout this game yeah we all gonna fall down like london bridges so we pick ourselves up that's the grace god gives us we must face what's in us never run to escape and we can't rush destiny for it to be fake so i make the right decisions and do what it takes because in life the only way to learn is from your mistakes it's the monster inside Inside my mind is where the monster resides It wants me miserable, living in lies Only I choose if the monster survives Yeah, it's the monster inside Inside my mind is where the monster resides It wants me miserable, living in lies Only I choose if the monster survives It's the monster inside Inside my mind is where the monster resides it wants me miserable, living in lies. Only I choose if the monster survives. Yeah, it's the monster inside. Inside my mind is where the monster resides. It wants me miserable, living in lies. Only I choose if the monster survives. Okay, NC Raw. What does that mean? North Carolina, right? Raw. Recovery always. So, like, it's always recovery because uh, no matter what role I'm in in my life, bro, I'm in I'm, I'm recovery. You know, so I never check out of that. And I'm not checking into the Hotel California. So that's the, hat, that's the hat that you always that wear. Yeah, I don't check out, man. You know what right. I realized is for a lot of time in my life, I tried to be somebody else. Like, I would find these people that I um, admired. And I was like, oh, they're cool. I need to be like them. And, and what happened was is I was never like them because there's only one of them. When I let all that go and I was like, okay, I'm just going to start being Richie. Then it was like, whoa, this is cool. Right. Uh, I got comfortable inside my skin. And one day I walked by the mirror and was like, boom, bro, you're amazing. And I believed it. it changed everything. That was free. I'm not Absolutely. charging for that. Where are we at? And You know, I mean, that, that's kind of, you know, I've talked to a few people today and that's, that's what people need to hear. I mean, because it's true. Uh, you know, everybody should strive to to find that, to find their passion, to to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say you're amazing. You know, that, that's what we all should strive to do daily. So, hmm. yeah, it's it's interesting because in today's culture, and I say culture is a generalization, we spend so much time being busy. Right? It's like I gotta set my watch to set my alarm to remember to set my alarm and because we are so full throttle with everything, but you walk by and you can do it out here on the campus, go to Walmart where I do, that's my training ground, Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all going around, I'm like, I'm training on people. Like, I mean, not stalking them, there's a difference, right? So I'm just, I'm training, I'm, I'm checking out people and, and I'm walking and most people, when they pass you, they're looking down. 
And it's, I don't know that they're afraid of eye contact or, or some of it might be cultural sensitivity or, you know, w- whatever. But I think most of it is because we're walking around in this fast-paced time where we've got so many things going on that we forget everything about us. And, and we're not comfortable inside our skin because the world tells us who we need to be, what we need to think. And so we continue to go through this life trying to fit in. And then one day I realized, oh, bro, if you keep trying to fit in, you're never going to fit in mm-hmm. because I already fit in. You fit in. You know, you're amazing, right? Yeah, thank you. Okay, what about you, Hitchhiker, dude? Absolutely. Yeah. Where'd you find him? Uh, on the I was street. actually running. You know, I was running. He, wasn't on, he was on the street. He was running. That's yeah, right. So That's right. Matter, There's a, a story fact, there. Where were you running? He wasn't on the corner. What are you working he, on? I am uh, actually training to run to Oklahoma in May. So, you know, I kind of tweaked my knee the other day. We'll have to go get that checked out. But that's just, you know, kind of kind of where uh, I'm at today when things like that happen. You know, I used to get discouraged. I used to let that kind of stuff bother me. But now, you know, I just try to find a way, a different way to achieve my goals. Talk and, to us Talk to us a little bit about that Oklahoma run. Where did that come from? What are you, what's your goal? What's your mission? What do you? It kind of, it kind of got started, it got started because I was going, I, I was going to apply for the removal ride where they ride the bikes to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went over there and talked to them about applying and I found out that if you are a convicted felon, that excludes you automatically. Stop it. So, really? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I don't take it personal. I just know, I know they got rules in place and, uh, and so I got to thinking, well, what better way to, you know, remember my ancestors mm. than to run out there and sleep on the ground and just, you know, just suffer as much as, as much as possible. I, I'm, this is a quest. This is a, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what I'm capable of. And, and in the meantime, on the way out there, I've, I'm getting some sponsorship, you know, uh, opportunities. And when uh, the money that I do gain on my run, I want to give back to different charities and put pumping in my wow. sober living or my recovery house. Come on, buddy. That's a high five when I do it that. Is. That's an air high five. Come on. Yeah. My recovery house and, uh, you know, uh, eventually, you know, my recovery uh, community that, that we're trying to open up here soon. So when is the run happening? When's this taking place? Uh, the first or second week of May. I haven't decided a, a exact date when I want to leave, but it's going to be the first of May. Fourteen hundred eleven miles over okay. like fifty six yeah. days. Fifty six days. Yeah. So anybody that's listening, if they wanted to help you out, how could they do that? Well, right now, uh, hit me up on Facebook, and I'm going to try to get a GoFundMe page here soon. Okay. And, what do you uh, need? Like, what kind of things do you need? You looking? Uh, like I said, I mean, I'm just going. I'm, I'm going to give back what what I do raise and pump it into, you know, giving back to my community and giving back to different charities. That's on my heart. I went down to run in Charlotte the other day and made up a little boy who has a a, a rare type of uh, eye cancer, and so, you know, I, that really that really touched my heart. And I reached out to his family, talked to his family a little bit after the race, and I want to, you know, give, give some money back to their their fund, their charity that they have their their nonprofit organization and. I just want to get back, you know, and give people hope. Awesome. You, you know what, bro? This ties in to exactly what we're talking about. Um, because the truth is, is when we talk about recovery, we, we uh, I hope that we're being inclusive. We're recovery from all walks of life. I mean, whatever the worst thing each of us went through was our crisis, right? Absolutely. And, and so you think about this young man, this young boy that Caleb's reaching out to in his recovery story. So here you got... One man's, the hitchhiker's journey, that's not hitchhiking at all. <laughs> He's going to be running. I'm just kidding about the hitchhiking, y'all. This dude's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so he, because of his own recovery, He's on a quest now where they started out to reach out to um, support and, and remember his ancestors, right? right? And now I'm reaching out to a young boy in Charlotte who has an unrelated journey to my own journey because I'm coming from the heart, that place of love, bro. 
It's beautiful. Yeah. Hitchhiker turned hero. Yo. Well, you know, turn I, hero. <laughs> a lot, a lot. Uh, we we don't realize that. No matter where, what our occupation or job is, we're all in the people business. We all have to deal with people. And, you know, I, I strive to to be in the best uh, place that I can be mentally, physically, spiritually, because whenever I come into contact with someone, I want to make sure I leave them in a better place than I found them. Absolutely. And so that, that's kind of where I'm at, you know, in my life today. And I, I know y'all are in the same place, so... Yeah, let's get it on. I'm fixing to come around this table and hug you right now, but I, I'm not walking. I'm coming right off the top, bro. You know me. Right, right. You're talking about coming off the top ropes before we Well, got you said wrong, bro. It's like yeah. I had an epiphany driving down the road coming here, yeah. and it's like that's when I do my best thinking is when I'm driving, yeah. and I do a lot of driving. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Yeah. A lot of thinking. Yeah, a lot of good, my good best thinking. thinking. Yeah. yeah. It's like NC rocks. Yeah, our state rocks. And, and, and we are being looked at as a leader, not just in Western North Carolina, now, Western North Carolina is being looked at as a leader in our state yeah. for recovery champions. Yep. But our state is being looked at as a leader nationwide. And why is that? Why is that? Because we got people like you, bro. Because the amazing Caleb, I, I said it. I was trying to get his name. He said, I'm not telling you. So I called him the hitchhiker. <laughs> but he just accepted it. So this might be a new thing for him. And the hitchhiker stuck. He stuck. Yeah. It did. He laughed. Yeah. So like, what'd you laugh? Yeah. It's like you're branded, bro. He's like, you remember that first podcast when you called me the hitchhiker? Yeah. yeah I've been hitchhiking ever since, bro. <laughs> and it's What's, amazing how many people like him that are doing these types of things are out there. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of what we're doing yes. here with the show. Break that in, yeah. Is you know, putting a spotlight on those people. Yeah, on us. Mm -hmm. it's, it's us. It's, you know, our, our voices and our stories have power. I want to ask you all something real quick. You, you remember, um, and I know social media. Go right? ahead and date yourself, man. Go, Go ahead no, and no, date yourself. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to bring it up to speed right now because, like, I am ninja. Wah! Yeah. But um, you, you ever seen those videos about those goats? Like, you can go through and go, boo. And the goat faints. Oh, yeah, yeah, fainting yeah. goats. Fainting goats. Fainting See? Goats. See how old you are? Yeah, yeah. You remember that, right? <laughs> it's like it's still happening. So yeah. it don't really date you. It's just, so I remember coming up, and, and I remember all the way up to eighth grade when the teacher would call on me to speak in front of the class. It was like, fainting goat. Like, I had no voice. Like, I couldn't, uh, I thought that I couldn't let it get from my belly out of my mouth. Like, I, it was death. I wanted to get up under the table. Now, out on the streets, I was the guy with courage. I would go higher, faster, you know, all this stuff because I thought I was fearless. When I found recovery, because I found a relationship with my God, one of the things that really helped me, the main thing, I understood that I wasn't fearless. It was fear that was guiding me. Mm -hmm. And I thought that fear was the most powerful, deepest, strongest emotion that there is until I found love. Once I experienced that, you know, and that's why people that are in recovery are able to come to the same table, whether we have a different belief system, a different understanding of, of what's real and what's not. What, no matter what our differences are, we can come to the table and support each other by speaking with a unified voice and then get up. Because we all, regardless of our struggle, we know what it's like to have a crisis, right? Absolutely. How's that feel to be in crisis? That's what got me in this chair today. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But how does it feel to be well, too? Amazing. You hit, the, right, hit right. it on the head with love. That's what I'm saying. And so, yeah. so because we understand wellness and love, it's like we want to share that. And you can't put a price on that. It's free. Yeah. It's free. And, and giving that away just by whether, whether it's – I, mean, I, I can't say how many times that I've walked into a, 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 just a CVS pharmacy or some random store and seen somebody that you could just feel the hurt on their face. It's like, hey, I just want you to know you're valuable. Yeah. And you're amazing. And you, they start crying. And imagine how much of that's going on that you don't even see. 
bam. Right. Unseen hurt. Right, right. Unseen you know, hurt. You're talking about what you yes. can see, but imagine what's, right. what's underlying that you can't Absolutely. see. Absolutely. And then that's what he's saying. There's not enough positive energy going yeah. back. And then when we, when we give it away, it, this is what I know. People will buy what you're selling. They'll pick it up if they know you believe in it. Mm -hmm. So if I go to the next person, if I go to you and I say, bro, you're amazing, mm -hmm. and you know, because you'll feel it, that I don't believe that about myself, people are going to buy that. Right. Because what you got is counterfeit. So it goes back to going home and getting in the mirror and understanding what we see looking back at us. Yeah. Because the majority of people, when you say, yo, go to the mirror, what do you see? We're gonna, I'm, I'm, my lip too big, my hair the wrong color, I got this pink <laughs> back here, I need to get right. You know? It's like, you don't see the value. Just think about, I do some work in the school systems too, and y'all probably remember, like middle school, right? It's like, those are the greatest years. I come out of fifth grade, it's like, I'm the killer, I'm the champ, just walked out of elementary, and then you get to middle school, it's like, they crush you, yeah. <laughs> right? They crush your dreams right there. Because middle schoolers can be mean. Imagine if we had a couple of things right now in middle school. One, those middle schoolers understood their value. Did you know that 11 years old is the national average of first-time drug use? 11, 11. I did a presentation at the middle school, and after, afterwards, these girls come up, and they're like, man, but I'm, I'm struggling. I'm taking my mom's medication. And this happened at a school where the principal said, we don't have no issues here. He let us in. Long story short, got these girls connected with some support. And, and then the, the trauma in middle school, man, beats you down. And so by the time you get to ninth grade, you ain't got no voice, right? If it is, it's for the wrong thing. So if you go back to middle school and you, and, and you implant in these generation of middle schoolers value, like they understand what they see when they look in the mirror and support, there's no more kids sitting alone at lunchtime by themselves. Yeah. So how do you get on the front side of this and, and do that? And how, give them how do you that get value? to school? Yeah, that's kind of. I, I want to kind of uh, yeah. jump in right here because Wednesday I have a I have a meeting with the principal of Cherokee Schools and we're going to try to get an early prevention. Which Richie, we need to talk about. You know, getting you getting you over there. It's on it. my calendar, bro. Okay, well Wednesday is. Uh, you know, we're going to be meeting with the. You know, start an early prevention program, and I think that's where you know that's where it starts. So so yeah, and so I don't think that Cherokee understands how lucky they are to have a champion like Caleb in I the couldn't community. agree more. And a, and, and a champion like oh, you right here on, at guys. Western Carolina University. No, I couldn't believe more. <laughs> oh, I couldn't agree it. more, you know dude. It's true. Just embrace <laughs> it, bro. Remember, you're amazing. I People know, aren't going to believe know. it if you don't believe it about yourself. <laughs> yeah. So how do you get connected? Every community has champions. Mm -hmm. And it's finding those champions. So my message is not about, here am I, see me. My message is about, here am I, see you. Yeah, exactly. November 14th, 2007, bro, I stepped out of prison for the last time, like real prison. Not yeah. like, not, I'm talking about like, like gun camp, right? Yeah. And, um, and I spent over seven years of my life incarcerated. Yes, it sir. became my form of treatment. At night, my first prison sentence was at 16. You see what I'm saying? I got out the same way I came in with nothing. This is a long story, but I want to get to this point, this long journey of hopelessness because I didn't get what I seen when I look in the mirror. What I seen was junkie, drug addict. I wish you'd never been born. You're never going to be no good. You're going to be just like your father. You ain't never going to be a felon, convict. All these labels of illness. What I didn't see was Richie. I didn't see world changer. I didn't see hardcore devil stomping ninja. I didn't see <laughs> recovery champion. I didn't see ambassador or messenger of hope. I didn't see these things until I found love that came through a relationship with God. And I will say that part of my recovery is faith-based. Even though I give the credit to God, you know, hey, look, he makes me do the work. And I got to do it every day. And the work I do is called recovery. So when I got out November the 14th, 2007, 
That's all. I was out. I had the clothes in my back, not a penny in my pocket, nowhere to go. And what I heard on the way out the door was he'll be back. I knew something was different because I didn't throat punch the dude, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to give you some forgiveness and grace, but I'm going to tell you where the change happened. And I'm going to tie this into your question. How do you get that started? Your question. And then you're, you're there. I had somebody from the community who changed my life. I was 33 years old. And she said, Richie, I believe in you. It was the first time I ever heard in my life. Who's that? Her name's Patty Joe. She's amazing. Um, and, and she was just a friend who got behind me. And I said, that's great, Patty. Now tell me what to do. And she said, oh, I don't know what to do, but I believe in you. And, but it, it gave me some hope. I was like, somebody believes in me. I had no license, no transportation. You felt the authenticity in yes, her voice. because she meant it. And yeah. she, I knew right. that, like, the people in my life before that said, I got your back. Like, it's been 30 years. I'm waiting on them to come back. <laughs> They're not coming back. Bro. They've been way back. They're like, I'll be right back. They're right back. <laughs> I don't think they're coming. But I knew she was there. She didn't try to judge me, fix me, tell me what I needed to do to how to get anywhere. Yeah. And then the connections began to come in place. Long story, long story, long story. No license, no transportation. I, I raked, it's November, so it's cold out. So they got, I raked the neighbor's yard for 10 bucks. Bought a bicycle from the pawn shop. And y'all gonna love this because then I graduated. I got a job, right? <laughs> I graduated. I was the moped man. Me, all over town riding a moped. Y'all don't hate the moped man. If they're going 40, technically they're speeding, right? They ain't supposed to be going with 35. Give them some love. Eventually, you know, I got involved in a relationship. I got my kids back in custody. The last conversation I remember having before I went to prison was with DSS. They said, if you don't stop doing what you're doing, you're never going to see your kids again. And because I was hardcore, not recovering ninja, I said, I'm going <laughs> to fight you, bro. And it turns out I had no winner. Long story, I went to prison. They went mm -hmm. in custody. I, I'm not proud of this today, but I'm no longer ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. Because I know in my heart that I love them kids as much then as I do now. I tell you today that I'm married to an amazing woman who makes me a better me. Amanda, giving you a shout out because I love you, girl. Oh, I love you, baby. <laughs> I, uh, huge support system. Walked alongside me early on, and I said, Amanda, my guy's number one, my kids are number two, and if you don't mind being number three, we can talk. Now, she said, number three sounds pretty good. She's, y'all be throwing rocks at me. She's not number three no more. I'm just saying. We, you know, <laughs> she moved up the ladder. Um, but we're a partnership and we're a unit today. Uh -huh. And I got to have that support, okay? And now, so I got her, I got my kids back. I'll tell you those kids today that DSS said I would never see again. My son's 16, bro. He's a straight A student. Went into wrestling tournament, seated number one in his conference. An amazing young man, you know, who, who challenges me and helps me be a better dad. And my daughter, whose also name is Richie, by the way, but she'll tell you, R-I-C-H-I, there ain't no E-L my name, <laughs> get it straight. She's in middle school, so she's being traumatized right now by the middle schoolers. But she, uh, you know, so I'm gonna tell you this real quick, and then I'll pause and, and pass the air here. I wanna share the air, but I remember my little girl, she's 13 now, she was nine. We was walking into Shoney's. This is before they tore it down, Shoney's devil terror down people. They tore it down. So we're walking into Shoney's, and my little girl looks up to me and says, Daddy, are you going to give the recovery or the waitress the recovery conversation again? My son, who was supposed to say, well, you know he is. And it wasn't <laughs> because I wanted to see me. Because I know that recovery happens in the community, you see? And the opposite of 
people who haven't yet found recovery or the opposite of addiction or crisis is not sobriety or somebody else's idea of what it looks like. It's connection. And so until we bring that message out of the shadows, bro, out of the darkness into the light where it needs to be, until we get rid of that shigma, shigma, that's a real word. I invent words (laughs) because you started that amazing. By the time you leave here, you're going to be a maxing. That's amazing to the max. Okay, that's free. (laughs) My point is, as I went in there, I had a recovery conversation with the waitress who ended up crying. Okay, because she hadn't yet found recovery and we made a connection. People need to feel supported. Mm-hmm. Who wants it's, it's the human, you know, and when I say these things, people tell me all the time, Richie, what you're saying is just a non natural way of being with somebody. You can't love someone that's a stranger. And I think, bro, and I'm gonna stop right here that I think I believe as a people that we've gotten so far away from what a natural way of being with somebody is that we got to retrain ourselves. That's a raw ass story right there, but I'm hey, just I, I got saying. a follow up question for you. So, what would you suggest to that young Richie walking out of that jail that doesn't have that community, that doesn't have that support, Bam. that doesn't have that people? How would he find that? He would find it by going to the closest mirror mm-hmm. and get in front of that. Yeah. And look at what he sees looking back at him, say, "Bro, you're amazing and you're valuable." Yeah. And outside of the spiritual conversation, there's nobody more valuable than you. Yeah. Now, see, I didn't have no support. I didn't have a Caleb walk in there and say, "Bro." What you need? You got a safe place to go? You you got a roof over your head. You got a job. What do you want to do? You know, I felt like I needed to be in church. And week after week, I'd walk to church after church. And what I got was rejected. Now, I understood forgiveness and grace at the time. And I thought, well, maybe they seen me on the news. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Or maybe they read the paper. <laughs> uh, or maybe even more along the lines of reality, they just didn't see me. You know, and so instead of judging them for my perception what may or may not been accurate i decided to do something different yeah i decided to get in the mix share my story understand what i see when i looked in the mirror and raise my kids in a home where they understood recovery you can ask them at nine years old my daughter could give you her best definition of what recovery meant well me and my daddy home at night we got a house and this car you know that was her version of recovery it meant to my son well don't tell my dad but He's pretty cool. <laughs> Don't tell him, you, you know, we ain't getting along. And he's like, uh, he's my coach uh, and uh, my youth pastor and my dad, and I really need a break. <laughs> well, I want to transition a second and talk to Caleb uh, kind of about, like, how this raw program came to be and, like, how we kind of met and, like, where this all came from. Um, I just got to say that, like, you were talking about a rock star in the community. He's this dude's a recovery legend over on Terry. I feel it. I'm with him. Right? <laughs> I he I don't even know if he knows this, but the first time I saw him speak was at the Cherokee Recovery Rally. Nice. And if I'm not mistaken, it was that was your first time public yeah. speaking? Yeah. And sharing your story? Uh-huh. All right. And then I so I had this vision, right, to create this podcast, to create a show. And I started thinking about influential people in this community who had the passion, who had the personality to do it. After seeing his speech that day, I hit him up on Facebook, became friends with him, but we didn't communicate. We were just friends. I started seeing these Facebook lives. So you're saying friends don't communicate? We were, I, just, I was watching them. I was creeping. I was oh, creeping on them. Oh, you were stalking? Uh, you I was tro- creeping. Tro- tro- you were face yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I got a hitchhiker and a yeah. stalker. Yeah. And he, I see these Facebook lives, posting these Facebook lives, posting these Facebook lives. Nice. Talk, Talking about it. Yeah. Putting it out there. That's it, baby. And then I was like, we need to do a show. Bam. Home run. First guy I hit up. What did I say? 
We need to do a show. Yeah, we need to do a show. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Caleb yeah. said, I've been thinking about this already. Nice. Let's collaborate. Let's yep. do this thing. Yeah. Nice. And you know, I, I, that's what I'm. That's what I do daily. Yeah, I wake up and I know as soon as I open my eyes, you know, God ain't through me yet. So I, it's I, I try not to just go through life existing. Now I, I try to get up every day and say, okay, you know, how can I make a difference today? Mm. And you know, and that, that's that's kind of why I started doing the Facebook lives because that that to me was challenging because I've never done something like that before. But I know that it was we only get to keep what we have by giving it away, right? Absolutely. So you know that that's kind of just if you're not changing, you're not growing. And I was stepping out of my comfort zone, and, you know, here we are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, oftentimes it's those legends and those champions who um, are humble like Caleb is. You know, and our paths had crossed through a distance. Mm -hmm. and, and every now and then, when your paths cross with someone who you know you're like-minded with, I mean, I, I fight for everybody, but when this guy come into my life, it's like, I need to fight for this young man. Um, and with, and not, not just for him, because I didn't do nothing. He done all the work himself. You know, yeah. This guy, like you said, is a champion. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I think that's what we need. Can, can I just, how old are you, man? 31. 31. You old dude, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And, and so, uh, I'm not telling you how, how young I am. I'm younger than you in, in like, my mind. <clears throat> that's the only place, though. But my, my point is that. What we need is more people, young people, younger people, and younger people to step out and say, hey, my name is. My name is Richie Tanner Hill. My name is Caleb McCoy. My name is the amazing uh, stalker. Stalker. Yeah. <laughs> my name is the amazing <laughs> Courtney. Um, and I don't know if that's true about her or not. But anyways, uh, so my, <laughs> no, no, not that she's a stalker, but I was getting ready to say, and I'm a person in long-term recovery. So I haven't asked, and I'm not putting your information on. So I don't know if you, uh, can I just ask, are you in recovery? I'm not. Would you say that you're a recovery ally? Yes. Okay, you're still on the team then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my name is, and this message is for you too. So my name's the amazing Courtney, and I'm a recovery ally, and this is what it means to me. Or my name is the amazing stalker, and I'm a recovery ally, and this is what it means to me. People respond <laughs> to positive stories. You know what I mean? They haven't named me yet. I, ha I had to put nicknames on our little oh, you cheat sheet over oh here. Oh, my then gosh, you, it's Next coming. thing we know, it's biting me in the butt. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> I, I was sort of hoping you would reject it because I yeah. have no ground to stand on now. Yeah. But So when I go into the community and I say, hey, community, my name's Richie and I'm an addict, they're like locking their doors. They're like, it's been 12 years, bro. We're calling the cops. Lock the door. He's in the front yard. He's back. <laughs> I'm like, it's been 13 years, man. I'm straight, you know? Yeah. But when I go into the community, which is where recovery happens, that's why this is so important, dude. Thank you so much for putting this together, you two, because bringing that message out of the darkness into the light is what's going to change the entire generation of people who understand addiction from their lens, which is misinterpreted through a, a lifetime of learning stigma. The only way to change that conversation from problems to solution is by having the recovery conversation. You know, and, and like I said, when I said that my daughter could give you her best definition, it's not because I wanted to boost Richie. It's because I wanted her to be able to sit amongst her peers. Mm -hmm. And, I, and when her peer comes to her, and it will happen, when her peer comes to her and says, Richie, my mom's struggling, man. She's, she won't come out of her room, man. She's got these people. This weird stuff's happening. That my daughter can say, there's this number. Yeah. There's this number she can call to get a voice, man. You know, and, and by the way, friend, peer, how are you doing? 
What are you doing to take care of yourself? Or, or, or if it's like my mom's trying to find recovery. Oh, recovery's cool. My dad's in it. Like he's he's this recovery, uh, you know, ninja dude. And like we got a house. <laughs> he picks so, up hitchhikers on his way to stalkers. a show. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's that's a great segue to kind of like what's our vision of this show and like where do we kind of want to take it and like uh, what are we going to do with this thing? You know, I mean, like the sky is the limit. Where are we going to take it, Caleb? It's imperative that we we take this as far as we can. You know, on a, uh, I know Richie has been touching on our community is a leader in recovery, and our state is a leader in the national uh, recovery movement. So, or is becoming a leader. Wow. I mean, you know, go big or go home, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that I, I would love to have some, you know, corporate sponsors. You know, you know, have have a take this on a national scale. So, that, I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm envisioning this going. So, what would it look like? When you think, think, and I'm going to ask y'all a question. Yeah. Growing up or now, what do you think was the most popular, like, sitcom, TV show that's in all household homes? Friends. 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 So we're friends now? We are friends. Mm. <laughs> she's, we're she's out the lunch, bro. <laughs> you know Collie students, they eat late lunch, so she's out lunch. This guy was like, quick, yeah, yeah, we're friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, she's we're like, friends. like, I heard about friends in college before. I'm staying away from that. Five minutes ago, I was a stalker. Now I'm a friend. You're a friendly stalker. <laughs> Moving up in the world. Moving now. on up. So, with the Jeffersons, right? Yeah. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Okay, so friends, what about you? Favorite, what do you think is a sitcom or, or some type of show that uh, is, is in a, a lot of homes? Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Okay, okay, what about this? What's the most popular social media app? I bet you know that one. Facebook. MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> this girl's amazing. So think about, um, and he kept saying Facebook. I renamed it. I, I, it's face, face hooked. Hit. Yeah, everybody's uh-huh. face is hooked in. It's like, boom, there's a pole. Bam, what was the matter? I was on face hooked. No. I don't have a phone. You don't have a phone? I don't. Are you lying? I'm not lying. She gave it up. You got a laptop. I do have a laptop. It's right here. Yeah. Look what's on it. What's on it? Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I heard I heard an interview with uh, Tyler Perry, and he was talking about. My idea. He was talking about, um, you know, in our phones and computers, you know, our devices, there's so much in the news and media and whatnot. There's so much destruction and, mm. you know, sorrow and just, it's just a lot of bad things going on. And, you know, you keep that close to your heart. You got to be careful because it can seep in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh, you know, yeah. the things that we put their ears and, and our, our eyes are gateways to our soul. So mm. I, I'm always trying to share that with my with my nieces and nephews and my, my you know, my son. So you got to be careful what you what you watch and what you listen to. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at today. Well, I, well, think about it, Caleb. Back to the conversation or question you asked him. And that, that's where I was going with that. You're like, this guy's just off some rabbit hole. But my point is, is that there are household names. There's household names like Seinfeld. I know Seinfeld. My boy Kramer. I thought if I could ever make an interest like Kramer, I'd have it. You know, and I keep trying, but the door gets in my way. So I'm still want to be like Kramer. He's the one that I haven't let go. Everybody else, I'm trying to be like Richie. But now Kramer, he's like, have you ever seen that guy walk into a room? Can you do the Kramer? You <laughs> Absolutely not. Yes, you can. Don't no. say can't. Can't just means I don't want to. I'm not willing to try. Right, What's your right. interpretation of the Kramer? So well, I'm hooked at this so headphone. <laughs> Look at this headphone. That's next show. I'll do the Episode two. Episode two. I'll have the Kramer ready. You got it? See, you said it. Now you got to do it. She will totally have it ready. I believe in you. She will have it ready. I believe you. So my point is, where do we go with the show? What if a recovery podcast or recovery show, a real one, not like I used to cook math and this, I'm watching this, my, my wife's watching this thing, but what if it was a household name? Yeah. That's where my vision is. Absolutely. We could walk into anybody's living room and somebody's listening to people tell the truth. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a reality show, right? Mm-hmm. But, but it's like the reality is that it's raw. 
Yeah. And see Raw Absolutely. coming to your home, right? Yeah. And that's kind of like where this whole thing started from is, you know, I grew up like listening to spoken word monologue based talk shows like my whole life. You know, right. I've just been, been a big fan of it. And so about six months ago, a buddy of mine was on, was being interviewed on a recovery based podcast. I was like, all right, I'll check it out. You know, yeah. I turn it on and that's all they were doing. Guy was telling all these stories about all the messed up stuff he did. Yeah, yeah. Homeboy was playing voicemails that his ex-girlfriend left him, mm. you know, bashing him and all this stuff. And I was like, this is horrible. Right. Thank you. This is horrible. Yeah, nobody's, yeah, yeah. There you no, go. That's what I was thinking. I was yeah. Nobody's doing recovery yeah, right. right via spoken word, monologue-based, podcasts, oh, open dialogue. Yeah. Come on, baby. Well, so, you know, yeah. you've got to be careful when you say when they're not doing it right because we don't want to offend anybody yeah, by and saying and that's why that. I didn't throw their name out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Listen, absolutely. What they're telling is an illness-based story. Right, Absolutely. right. People don't need to know how to be sick. They got that one figured out. Uh -huh. Absolutely. What they're looking for is how to make a connection through a life of wellness mm -hmm. that I call recovery. Mm -hmm. You know, and even though my recovery may look different than yours, it's working for me. Today, I got something called J-O-Y. Have you heard of it? For me, it comes from my G-O-D. <laughs> but the truth is, is that my life is different today because I do different things. And, we, and thank you for, you know what? You just hit a home run there. I'm also a peer support trainer. As Caleb knows, <laughs> but uh, you know, and, and I tried a good to, one too. Uh, oh, stop it! I'm watching <laughs> over here. Okay, I lost my train of thought. Uh, okay, and we got a stool and step on because I'm feeling taller. Um, <laughs> my, my point is, is that we, when I first, you know, wanted to share my story, I had to get it all out. I had to get all the mm -hmm. dirt out there. Like yeah. I had to tell everybody how bad things was for Richie, but it was just never a bad them for me. And after the meeting. Everybody was talking about the bad stuff. I was like, right. oh, God, that's what I left them with? Yeah. When I changed it to telling a recovery story, yeah. that's what people were talking about after the meeting. And that's one of the visions I have for this show. Absolutely. When I tell my story, it starts It starts with the day I walked out of jail myself Ooh. and the day that, recover, that my recovery started. Come on, baby. Yes, sir. So would you say recovery does happen? Fist bump, bro. Don't leave me hanging. Always. That keeps going. Circle, circle, circle. Raw. Come on. Are you, Pass it around. Pass it around. Yeah, you keep it coming. <laughs> Fist bumps everywhere. Fist bumps everywhere, blowing it up. So I kind of want to talk about like what kind of ideas do you guys have for like future shows? Like what is what is a what is a if for somebody that's never heard us before, somebody that's going to be tuning in, what are they going to hear consistently? What are they going to hear on a regular basis? I, I mean, I, stories of hope, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's what we want to share is hope. We want to give them, you know, give them uh, something to look forward to and. You know, it's like Richie was saying, it's not like look at us, but look at you. Yeah. Ooh, you know, yeah. I mean, so, you, so raw stories, real raw, raw, raw stories, positive, powerful. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, that's so, kind of that's that's what I, that's where I so, want to take a show. So you know, I I was uh, in actually Pierceport training today, and we threw this acronym up there. It's STP. We didn't do this. It just comes to me today. Sorry, we, we didn't shortchange it. STP. You totally so, shortchanged it. No, 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 no. But I'm giving it to you now. It's free. No charge. I'm not gonna charge you for this. So you, when you hitchhike back, you have something to think about. Okay. So it's like <laughs> STP, which we would think is either some kind of motor oil yeah. or, or stop, right? Uh huh. And so I like the stop thing. So we could do we could stop here, but not right here because this revolution is live, right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so the S is strength based. So let's do strength-based show. Let's talk about strengths. All right. Okay? The T is transparent because it's raw, baby. NC raw, transparent. We got nothing to hide. My man drinking a monster. Put it on top of the table, baby. Uh-oh. I just threw him under the bus. No? You good? Okay. Uh, 
Uh, so, oh, that's not a Budweiser, by the way, if you're listening. <laughs> that's straight up monster. You got to put that on the table so let's see, show it to him. Okay, because we're transparent. So, strength-based, transparent, and person-centered. And what I mean by that is, if it's not strength-based, transparent, or person-centered, stop. Because the person-centeredness is... It's about the person. So if we spend more time talking about, so just Caleb, if I, if I spend more time referring to Caleb as an addict or talking about his addiction than I do Caleb, then it's not person-centered, baby. It's talking about that person and the ally. Can I tell you that I appreciate you? Absolutely. This, this is real, bro, because I know the recovery movement does not work without the voice of the ally. I can tell you, I can give you the data, I can give you the stats. There's more than 100 million people strong. Let me just break it down for you what I mean by that. More than 23 million Americans in sustained recovery from alcohol and other drugs. If we include the number of people in sustained recovery from other addictions, and there's many, I'm yeah. not going to name them. He's <laughs> like, oh no, we started crawling on the table then. Okay, <laughs> so it's like, it doubles. So it's 50 million strong. Listen, if we include the numbers of our brothers and sisters who might be struggling with something like anxiety or depression or some kind of emotional distress like that, Eating it doubles disorders. again. Just, Eating disorders, right. yeah. 100 million. If we had all 100 million people hearing this, it would be bad. <laughs> okay, it would be really cool. <laughs> uh, it's raw, bro. You can let raw. it ride. Yeah. Break it down? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I got excited. Forgiveness let her ride. Right. Right. Thank you, baby. Mm-hmm. High five and come on, don't let me hang you. Okay, so my point is this. <laughs> If all 100 million people right here, that would be a powerful voice if we're speaking with a unified message, but it wouldn't be enough. It wouldn't be enough because we're still the minority. we got to get the voice of the ally to the table. We need more allies to step up and claim it, like the police chief who will say, my name is so-and-so. I'm not going to throw him out of the bus because we're going to have him on the show. The sheriff will say, my name is so-and-so. I'm the sheriff of this county, and I'm also a recovery ally. And then take that back to their community, their peers, and spread the word. So when you're amongst your peers, you can be saying, you know what? Those recovery people are kind of weird, but daggone, if they ain't cool, you know, recovery <laughs> does happen. When I say things like recovery is possible, what am I also saying? Come on, y'all are in college. You're, you're, la- you're leaving room for criticism right yes. there because people want to attack that. Maybe so, maybe not. So let's take it out. Let's keep it strength-based, mm-hmm. all right, and say recovery does happen because it's the truth. If it didn't, I wouldn't be here. It done more than change my life, y'all. It gave me a life. There's three of us sitting right here that can claim that. An ally that can report and to an it. An ally that's raising her hand. Yeah. I'm a witness. And doing the a witness. A witness. <laughs> <running spot. laughs> and you're important. Y'all get what I'm saying? We got to have the allies to the table. When we think about policies that need to change, legislation that needs to change, when we get the voice of the voter to the table, things are going to change. Thanks for tuning in to NC Raw. Be sure to check out our website at www.ncraw.life. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WNCRaw. If you or a loved one are experiencing a behavioral health crisis in the Western North Carolina area, you can call the 24-hour crisis line at 888-315-2280 for immediate assistance or contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Special thanks go out to Richie, Caleb, and Courtney for helping put this show together. Tune in on February 26th for another episode of NC Raw as we discuss stigma-related topics and recovery messaging. Thanks for listening. See you next time.